and podcasting and broadcasting 3,800 miles between each other. You might be asking yourself why it's not 400, why it's not 20, why it's not 100. And that is because our good friend Hunter Prabhu has stepped in for Desmond. Desmond's not doing so great today. So for our bowl special, we have invited our guest who was our bowl, on our bowl special last year to help me co-host this 15th episode of the season, episode number 35 total. You're listening to the fifth quarter podcast. Glad to have you with us, George Koff, as always. And again, as I mentioned, our co our uh, guest co-host of the afternoon is my good friend Hunter Prabhu. Hunter, how are you doing in Hawaii? This, I'm chilling. I'm doing this, great. This fine Christmas, you're spending Christmas in Hawaii, huh? Yeah, I'd rather tan in, in the winter than uh, freeze my butt off in uh, anywhere else in the world. That's fair. And again, we apologize for the quality. It sounds like Hunter, the quality's a little bit weird, but hopefully it'll get better as we go along here in our episode. You know, it brings me, it's funny, you say tropical, right? Tropical climate. It's uh, It brings me to a line from Home Alone 2 when, when uh, Kevin McAllister says, why would somebody want to celebrate Christmas in a tropical climate where there's no Christmas trees? Are there the Christmas, opposite. <laughs> I mean, are there Christmas trees in Hawaii on the Big Island? Let's be honest. I would hope so. I hope there are people that have Christmas trees. Probably like fake ones. Um, but Exactly, yeah. Real ones, no. I'm gonna I, say no on that one. I've never been a, a real Christmas tree person. That's that's hot take number one of the of the day. But I'm sorry, I've never really been a real Christmas tree person. I always gotta go with the fake. There's just a mess. Yeah, you gotta go with the fake. They they they. You know, it's just like a read option. Do you really take the real play? No, you take the option play. Come on, it's it's <laughs> that simple. <laughs> Speaking of options and decisions, Hunter. You know how things work here. We'll talk about it. We'll get through it. You ready to get into this? Let's do it. All right. So uh, we're talk about the college football playoff, the selections. I guess people really got what they wanted. We wanted a Ohio State Clemson game. We wanted an LSU somebody, LSU Oklahoma. Um, so that's what we got: LSU Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl and Ohio State Clemson, a rematch of 2017, 16. One of the two, one of the few years ago, where we had yeah, that, yeah. and Ohio State got shut out by the Tigers, who went on to lose the national championship that year. Maybe they right. won. I, I all these playoffs with Clemson, kind of all roam in my head. Um, they now tie Alabama for most playoff appearances. It's Alabama is no longer in their first play first playoff without the Crimson Tide. So, Hunter, my question is to you: We I mean, we, I kind of mentioned it here. It's what the people wanted. Um, I saw you shaking your head a little bit. Do you disagree? With the um, with the picks? Correct. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, I think they got it spot on. Um, couldn't have done anything different. I think um, after, um, after Bama lost and after... Um, uh, yeah, I just I would I just wouldn't think Georgia would would have been in it. Um, I think they got it spot on. I mean, you could argue about the Ohio State and LSU rankings, but I had LSU um, ahead of Ohio State. I think it was spot on, perfect. Yeah, um, we that was I think the big argument, and we had talked about this uh, in our previous episode that we said the 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 main question is going to be who's number one, and you know we talked about how Utah could be in and. Look, Utah was put – I disagree with people saying, oh, Utah didn't take advantage. 
okay, they didn't take advantage, but they also put in a very tough situation. You're playing an Oregon team that lost to Arizona State after a great comeback, okay? They're a good team. Just because they had two losses doesn't mean that you count them out. And I think what happened was Utah just got blown. They, they got blown out because they couldn't – they weren't playing their brand of football. They weren't playing – and I don't think it was too much pressure. I just don't uh, think they were playing their brand of football. And yeah. somebody was saying, look, if Oregon doesn't play Auburn, they're in the playoff. Okay, well, if Oregon beats Auburn or if Oregon closes it out and doesn't beat – and doesn't lose to Arizona State and they lost – uh, saying that they lost to Auburn, they'd be in. Okay, you can make all these hypotheticals. Who cares? You know, we, we can't discredit them for playing Auburn. But again, when you lose to a eight and four, seven and five Arizona State team that's unranked, of course you're going to get scrutinized for that. It's just like Alabama losing to Auburn. They're going to get okay. Maybe it was a ranked matchup, but they're still going to get scrutinized for it. Oh, if Alabama won this and Alabama won that. It doesn't matter. They still lost. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the problem with the committee these days is they're looking at the best wins and best losses, blah, blah, blah. Okay, look at the – give me the four most deserving and best teams. Not four deserving or best teams. The four best deserving teams. LSU is deserving. They have the Heisman Trophy winner. They're solid. Okay, they have the best offense. Maybe not the best defense, but the best offense. Ohio State, best defense in the country. They had high, two Heisman Trophy finalists. Not one. Two Heisman Trophy finalists. They may have looked a little unsteady in the in the Big Ten championship game, but they were playing a Wisconsin team that, for crying out loud, had they not lost to okay, again we're saying hypotheticals, but they lost to Illinois by three, and they lost to the Ohio State team big after it being close for three quarters. You know, they're a team that you that were a good team, and then Clemson again undefeated, ACC questionable, but they're still undefeated. Uh, and Oklahoma, uh, these are the four teams. Oklahoma's maybe begged, you know, you could say that uh, another team deserved it. But look, Oklahoma's the only one-loss team remaining. What, what other team were you going to put in there that was one loss, that had more than one loss? I don't, I wouldn't put Georgia in there. Two losses, one to LSU by badly and one to, um, and all of a sudden questioning myself of who they lost. South Carolina. Thank you. Uh, and one bad loss is South Carolina. So, I think I think the committee got it right. This was probably the easiest decision for the committee. It was just all about who the the seeds one versus two on LSU Ohio State. But it does show you that the championship games mean something. Championship weekend came down. I mean, the Pac-12 because it was played on a Friday, all eyes were on the Big Ten Big Twelve championship game in Dallas. Winner was was going to be in the playoff. It was a play-in playoff game, and of course Baylor. Unfortunately, their starting quarterback went down. Then their backup went was inefficient, so they brought in their third string, who almost saved the day. I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you say, "Oh, well, that's unfortunate." Baylor should get some some uh, credit, you know, more credit for making it an overtime touchdown, one possession game. Okay, well, you know what? They still had plenty of chances. Last time I checked, they went down to the two yard line and kicked a field goal to tie the game, instead of being gutsy and going for it. So uh, Baylor lost their chances, but you know what? A Sugar Bowl is not a bad uh, appearance. Is not a bad consolation prize. Absolutely es- not. Yeah. Especially when it's your first Sugar Bowl since 1956. I agree. 
and it's a, that's the last time they won a New Year's Six Bowl game. So, you know, Baylor has a chance to finish their season strong, to show that, you know, they're motivated. We saw Georgia play in this game last year, and what happened in the Sugar Bowl? What happened? They didn't look, they didn't look like they wanted to play. Now, granted, they missed out in playoff by just pure selection because, you know, it came down to that fourth team, and you could debate whether Oklahoma or um, Georgia deserved it, but... Again, I think that game will be a good one. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, speaking of New Year's Six Bowl games, Hunter, I know we were talking about this previously. The road, the, the matchups are actually pretty good. I mean, the, last I, year... I the, like a lot of them. Yeah, the committee last year did not really do a great job. You know, I feel like they could have given us UCF Florida instead of UCF LSU. And we got Florida Michigan. And who wants to see Florida Michigan again? Like, there was a lot of matchups that they just, they could have manipulated a little bit, and instead we got poop. This year, yeah. we got some good matchups. I mean, you get um, Florida, Georgia, and the Sugar Bowl, Wisconsin, Oregon, which was a classic in the Rose Bowl a few years ago, and now you get that rematch. Memphis, Penn State is maybe the only one I have a question about. I would have put Utah there. I don't think Utah sliding down five spots was, or seven spots, was a little... Um, I don't think it was for, uh, I think it was too much. I feel like they deserved more. They deserved to be above Penn State, even for losing their one, their two losses were to USC, a ranked USC, and then Oregon ranked in the in the champ- conference championship. So you can argue that, but I think Memphis, Penn State, that might be a a, a very a in the bid for a very good game. Not maybe the best game of the of the playoff of the uh, New Year's Six, but definitely one of the more intriguing matchups because Memphis is not going to be with their head coach. Penn State is looking for everything to prove. They came in, and after losing to Minnesota, their season kind of went down the drain from there. And they kept it close with Ohio State. People don't give them credit for that. The game was twenty-seven. You know, they allowed they got twenty-one points on the board unanswered before Ohio State was able to close out the Nittany Lions. So I think Penn State has a lot to prove. The one the one bowl game that I just don't understand why they didn't put Notre Dame in, Florida, Virginia in the Orange Bowl. I, I, I know you have to put Virginia in there because Notre Dame had two losses and the selection committee, the selection process for the ACC includes Notre Dame and, and this and that. And Virginia was the runner up in the ACC, so they'd get, automatically get in if Clemson was in the playoff, which they were. And I just, if there's one New Year's Six game that's going to be a blowout, it's going to be that game. It's going to be the Orange Bowl. And it's, it's sad because Dan Mullen's team. I feel like they had something to prove, to show to us. And they kind of do. I mean, if they come out and they don't do anything in the first or second quarters and we're going, oh, my gosh, Florida does, does not want to be here. They're just not playing well. You know, I think it sets the tone for 2020. And speaking of national uh, – speaking of, of Florida, look at them in signing day yesterday. Yesterday was our early national signing day. They didn't do so great. They had a lot of guys flip on them, flip commits, and – so I think Florida is looking for something to just get back on the right note and look forward to 2020 in a positive way. You've got to do that against Virginia. And we'll talk about that moment uh, when we get to the other bowl games. But anything else you you saw from the New Year's Six? Um, not necessarily, no. I think you pretty much hit all the points. Um, I agree with you about the Orange Bowl, how you stated um, 
how it's not going to be a close game. And I'll get to my predictions later, but I don't have it as that close of a game either. Um, yeah, you're pretty much spot on. I think the problem is also Florida will be playing in, you know, they're going to be playing where they started the season, or not started the season, they started in Orlando, but they're going to be playing in home state Florida, which we all know what ha- what their record is when they're playing in Florida. It's pretty good. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I don't think they've lost a neutral site game in a while in Florida. So that's definitely a disadvantage for Virginia, but we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of disadvantages and uh, and reactions, let's talk some college basketball. We're getting to the point where we're about to transition from the ball, from college football to basketball. And Hunter, Jawan Howard, coach of the Michigan Wolverines, he was a previous. He was a part of that Fab Five, that 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 Michigan team that was studs. They were just studs with Jalen Rose and uh, Jawan Howard and um, uh, Grant Hill. I think, right? Wasn't Grant Hill on that team? Yeah, it was Grant. Oh no, not Grant. Was it Grant Hill? No, no, no. Uh, you said you said Jalen Rose. Yeah, Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard. Um. Uh. Oh. The guy who infamous. Chris Webber. Chris Webber. Chris Webber. The guy who infamously called the timeout when they didn't yep. have one. Um. Yep. And I can't name the other two. Sorry, Wolverine fans. I'm not a Michigan Wolverine, so I can't I can't name your five five. I should know them off the top of my head, but um, you know, arguably one of the greatest college basketball uh, starting lineups of all time. Yeah, um, I think this Michigan team could rival that. I don't necessarily think there's a fab five, but they're just good. Jawan Howard has his team moving in the right direction. They had a great uh, great performance at the Atlantis uh, Battle for Atlantis tournament. They have lost one game, or two maybe, one one or two. I think they're a sleeper for the Final Four. Um, and maybe that will turn in from a sleeper to a favorite for the Final Four, just because of the way they can play. And I don't know if it's just because uh, Juwan Howard's telling his guy something different, or if he's just coaching out of his mind, but that's a team you do not want to face in the NCAA tournament, because you're going to get... You're gonna get a train. You're gonna get a train, a, a you know, moving in your direction, and you're not gonna be able to jump out of the way. The good thing about Jawan Howard is that he also has um, profe- like NBA um, coaching experience. Correct. So, because because he, I, I want to say he was an assistant coach for the Heat, right? I mean, I I, I believe so. I'll, I'll take a look here. Um, and but if you're the assistant coach for the Heat, and you're um, and you, um, co- you, um, you work right. with Eric Spolstra, who's, who's, I would say, is a top five uh, coach in the NBA currently. Um, it helps to your advantage, um, especially at the collegiate level. Correct. So he was, he was an assistant coach for the Heat from 2013 to 2019. So That's six a, years, yeah. In a position where, and he had just finished his career with the Heat, so he stayed there and was there for almost 10 years making a very good connection with coach Spolstra as you mentioned and I think when you do that with one of the masterminds in the NBA I mean we can talk all day about Greg Popovich and uh, to a certain degree uh, uh, what, what was the Cavs what was the Cavs coach when LeBron was there uh, um, Lou. the first coach Ty- uh, when he was there or, no, or Tyron Lou I mean yes he was a bad coach but also 
he was able to win, get the Cavs to win a national, uh, a world championship. So you can't complain too much there. But when you have one of the masterminds of the NBA, and as your mentor, as your, uh, as a guy you're looking up to in coaching, and then all of a sudden you get your first coaching job, your first head coaching job is at your alma mater, D1 University, and yeah. you're coming out here and you're you're coaching your team with really I don't want to say not much experience. You know, uh, it's just crazy. You know, um, I did look up the Fab Five. It was Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, Jawan Howard, Jimmy King, and Ray Jackson. So you can't get mad okay. anymore, um, Michigan fans. Also, one more thing: the SEC is not good this year. And no, they're not. And to back that up with some facts, two words: Kentucky sucks. When you lose to Evansville, okay, people start to question. You know, fine, fine. Evansville came, went into Rupp Arena, you know, maybe took one that isn't necessarily one you want to lose, but hey, you got, you lost, you move on from that. When you lose to Utah in Las Vegas after you were down most of the game and you come back and you lose, people really start to question you. And when you're the face of the of the conference, I mean, in football, Alabama's the face of the SEC. If Alabama's struggling, you know the conference is struggling. Yeah. When Kentucky is struggling and Auburn is the new face of the conference, who, by the way, is still undefeated, I just, I don't know if I can buy in. And, you know, granted, A&M is bottom of the conference and not doing yeah. that. You know what? Who expected that? Every single odds maker and analyst in the world that covers college basketball because it's a transition year. Even, even students, even we know, we know, Hunter, both of us know that we weren't expecting to go to the national championship this year. Oh, absolutely not. If you were, you're out of we're, your mind. We're not blind. <laughs> exactly. I, I just, I think, you know, in years past, the Big 12 has won the, the Big 12 SEC Challenge and... And the SEC has made it close, but this year it might be like nine to two or something, or nine to one or something, because there's only yeah. ten teams in the Big Twelve. So it might be nine to one or eight to two, like you know, a blowout, because you get like Oklahoma State, A and M. I think you get TCU, or you get Texas LSU. Here I'll tell you who the the the, the Big Twelve SEC challenge, and you tell me how many SEC uh, wins you see. Okay, it's Baylor, Florida. All right. Uh, okay. So it's Baylor, Florida, Iowa State, Auburn, Tennessee, Kansas, Kansas State, Alabama, Mississippi State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, A&M, TCU, Arkansas, and LSU, Texas, Kentucky, A Texas Tech, and Missouri, West Virginia. Interesting. If anything, Florida... Let's see. Auburn will be Iowa State. Yeah, I can agree with that. Tennessee might be Kansas. Um, no, I think I'm taking Kansas on that one. Uh, Alabama might take might beat Kansas State. I would take Kansas State personally, but um, Oklahoma is going to beat Mississippi State. A&M is going to lose to Oklahoma State. TCU yeah. is going to be Arkansas. LSU is going to lose to Texas. Where's Kentucky, Georgia in this? 
uh, Georgia is not not playing. Oh, they're not playing. Okay. And Georgia and Kentucky is going to beat Texas Tech, so maybe that's two wins for the SEC. Well, maybe I don't know. Texas Tech has looked good. They were able to knock off Louisville. So, and Missouri is going to lose to West Virginia. So maybe one, two wins. That's not a lot. That's not a lot for the big for the SEC. So we'll don't forget to to keep in mind our college basketball coverage will start in the new year. Um, After we recap the national championship game, we'll start talking college basketball. It may not be as weekly. Our episodes may not be as weekly, but we're we'll hope to make sure we get you some coverage, especially as we get to March Madness and of course the tournament when we break it down, because. Desmond and I, as well as Hunter and guys that listen to the podcast, we know we all love March Madness. Doesn't matter oh, what, yeah. doesn't matter how hard of a sports fanatic you are, and if you don't like basketball, you definitely like March Madness. When you're rooting for New Mexico State to beat some top ten team, you know, top some big team, and they lose, and you're like, come on, why, why? Just know it's because your bracket, or because you just want to see an upset. Well, we're going to take a quick checkup in on the coaching carousel. It's not as move as 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 mm, active as it was last year or the year before. But the three things I guess that really have been Texas Tom Herman has hired uh, Ash, my, uh, Chris Ash, I think is his name, Chris Ash, who's the Rutgers head coach as the Texas defensive coordinator. Now, Ash does have has worked with Herman dating back to Ohio State when they won the national championship in 2014. He was the defensive coordinator for that team. Now, if you remember, that team was all about Zeke and offense. It really wasn't focused on defense. So that's why I say it's a questionable hire for Texas because Texas had the worst, if not one of the worst, uh, Div- uh, secondaries in the country uh, for the for the named DBU. Yeah, we saw all those shirts, Texas. Congratulations, you're not the DBU. Um, I would go tell. I would go uh, maybe to LSU or Florida, who's the real DBU. Um, so ma- ma- maybe next time you need to make shirts when you can back up your shirts, not when you wear the shirt and you just hope that you're going to make a statement because no matter what you're still going to make a statement you never see in texas so i don't know if the defense is going to be improved next year hopefully it is i mean they're still looking for a new offensive coordinator tom herman is he was trying to get joe brady who is the lsu passing coordinator the offensive coordinator you know the one that's made joe burrow into this machine apparently he's going to stay at lsu next year so we'll see what happens i i would have to bet that he promotes somebody from within or he'll go find some random offensive coordinator that wants a job in Division One football for a team that needs help. Um, as for the rest of the college carousel, Mike Norvell, previous Memphis, Memphis coach, is headed to Florida State. Willie Taggart, the previous Florida State coach, is headed to Florida Atlantic. And the previous Florida Atlantic coach, Lane Kiffin, is headed to Ole Miss, which is leaving Charlie Strong out of a job because one of the Clemson coordinators is in the South Florida job. So, Hunter, my question to you. Do we see Charlie Strong in a job somewhere? I, w- I bet so. Um, would it be um, a powerhouse school? I don't think so. Could it be? Um, could, it be a, uh, could he head back to Texas and maybe be the offensive coordinator? We know he's a 
it's possible. It's very possible. Um, would would Herman? Well, I think that? it happened. No. Well, I would say would Herman do that? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, still lots of movement, and we'll see what happens. But what do you like about the Lane Kiffin hire to Ole Miss? Um, the good thing about Lane Kiffin is that he's worked under Nick Saban, which is always um, a plus. Um, he's in the SEC, which is always good. And um, I mean, he's he's fairly a good name. I mean, he's had um, he's coached um, USC. Um, it's an experiment. I'll say that. Um, I'll say that much. Um, Don't forget about Tennessee as well. When he was at Tennessee, right? He was at Tennessee. I forgot about that. Um, so, the good thing is that he has all around experience um, t- at several schools. So I think that somewhat plays to his advantage, um, but I think we'll see. Well, one of the things that people have been saying is Kiffin to Ole Miss is just as bad as as they could have kept, if they could have kept Matt Luke. I beg to differ. I feel like Kiffin to the SEC. You mentioned he was under Nick Saban. He was the offensive coordinator for Nick Saban. He knows Nick Saban's mind. Now playing Ole Miss every single year, I don't think he's going to go to win every single year. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think if he can build something, you're looking at Jimbo Fisher, Kiffin, and whoever replaces Nick Saban at Alabama in the next five, ten years down the road. You're looking at those three powerhouses because Orgeron, Coach O is going to get picked up by somebody. We know Coach O, maybe he stays at LSU, but he's going to get, there's going to be some big job that opens, maybe the Bama job. We've seen that before in LSU. You go from LSU to Bama? Possibly. I mean, it, again, it just depends on the situation. Um, I just think I don't know. I like the Lane Kiffin hire. I think it. I think Ole Miss needs some swagger. I think that's what I feel like. That's why one of the reasons I think they've been too uptight with uh, Hugh Freeze and all these scandals and everything and the violations. They're not. They've not been able to have fun. They feel like they're just playing. Like, ugh. Well, if we do something stupid, we're gonna get fined for it or whatever, you know, or we're gonna get penalized. I feel like they need somebody who's going to bring in some loose, some, I don't, I don't want to say loosen up culture, but look at what uh, Coach Sumlin, when he was at A&M, he brought this culture in that was kind of just different. It was different from the um, Mike Sherman era, where Mike Sherman was very focused, hard, hard line, you know, say, sir, not saving. Someone brought, came in and he was fun, exciting, you know, kind of just enjoying himself. I feel like that's what Lane Kiffin, what the Ole Miss program needs. Now, I don't know if it's a long-term solution, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'm I interested to see how that experiment works out. Yeah. Um, also, with the Mike Norvell experiment at Florida State, how, how many years are they going to give him to adjust into the ACC? How many years are they going to give him to recruit properly before they fire him? Because inevitably it's going to happen unless he can't unless he can turn this program around. I think he's just kind of a a um, layover coach, if you will. I don't know if he's the future, and the only reason is because look what he's done at Memphis. Look at what he did at Memphis. He was he brought that program back to back to life, and I think yeah, he fit yeah. in well. I think he fit in well, and I don't know if he really wanted to leave, but I feel like he he left because he knew there was a new opportunity. It was a chance to get into a Power Five. School, a chance to play for national championships, a chance to play for games that matter. You're playing, you know, if you look at Florida State's schedule, they have some good opponents on the schedule uh, going into, into 21, 22. You know, they get, I think they have Notre Dame on the schedule again. And so you start looking at, you start looking at their, uh, at his potential. And if, 
if Norvell is smart, he'll he'll start looking at 21, not 2020. He won't write off 2020 because you can't do that. You can't you can't write off a season, especially in the Power Five conference. We saw what happened with Willie Taggart. You know, I think he was trying to look forward to this year when he was in the position last year. And what did he do? He got fired halfway through this year. Um, I mean, Florida State, they're, they're, they're non-conference opponents next year. Boise State, West Virginia. Um, in 21, they get Notre Dame and UMass. Not to mention Florida as well, but, you know, you get Florida every year. In 22, they get ULL as their one opponent. They, don't, they haven't named it a second one. So you get these opponents that... Have have you set up for a position to 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 play? I, I just we'll see we'll see what that experiment happens. I'm not really working. I don't understand the Willie Taggart to Florida Atlantic to FAU. Um, so I'm not going to talk too much about that one because I think Lane Kiffin fit well at FAU. I think all these coaches were good where they stood. And I think it was all about the money that finally got them to move. And especially when you have, especially when you are at, you know, like a, a smaller university, Mike Norvell, in Mike Norvell's instance, he was at Memphis. Memphis is never going to play for a college football playoff in the next 10 years. So he figured go somewhere where I can play for a national championship. Right. Speaking of national championships, it is bowl season. And that is why. And what we're talking about this weekend. So we'll, we'll put aside to the conversation on the coaching carousel and get to the bull season. So, Hunter, um, we had these questions last year that Desmond and I had, and, and we figured we'd keep them again. Bowl season is always, you always get these bowl games that for some reason are on your TV at on a Tuesday evening or Tuesday afternoon. You're like, oh, I'll watch it. Why not? I'm not really doing anything. And today, well, and you know, as we start on Friday, I think we have three mo- three weeks of continuous football, except for Christmas Day. Um, so the first question I'll ask you is the fav- your favorable bowl matchup. What bowl do you think is going to be close, exciting, and fun to watch? Uh, my personal favorite out of all of these is the Outback Bowl. Um, I love that Minnesota-Auburn matchup. Um you know, Minnesota had that long run, that long undefeated season run. I mean, obviously they they lost those um, couple of games um, towards the end of the season, but that matters. Yeah, I, yeah, but I love the Auburn team. I love this matchup, um, and I mean, I'm really looking forward to watching this game. Yeah, I think that would be a good one. Uh, Minnesota has their first ten win season since 1910 or 1905 or something. It's crazy, ridiculous. Um, I just, I, you know, I hope they go into the game motivated and that they do want to finish strong because, you know, they lost two games that were the most important of their season. They lost to, um, they lost Iowa. to Iowa in uh, on the road, which was a game they needed to have um, because had they won that one, they would have, they still could have lost to Wisconsin and made it to the Big Ten championship game. And they lost, of course, Wisconsin in the snow when game day visits you. And, you know, you're just looking at going, what could have been? What could have been? What, what what could have been? Because I think everyone out there wanted Minnesota or Baylor, one of those two, to make it to the playoff. Right. Teams that, teams that maybe come, these seasons come to them once every, you know, once in a blue moon, once every uh, just occurrence. You know, it's not, a, it's not every year you get these two schools 
both having 11 win or you know 11 and one or 10 and two you know so i think the country wanted that to happen but of course it didn't ended up with oklahoma and ohio state but either way i i'm with you i think minnesota it's a good matchup for minnesota auburn's a very good opponent bo Nix has something to prove to show for 2020 like the future what has he learned over this year last time he played on a neutral site game he led his team to a win in the last 10 seconds. We'll see. Um, I think playing on New Year's Day is going to be something that Minnesota fans have probably never seen before. So they're going to be excited about that. And I don't know if that's going to play into it. We'll get to score predictions in a moment. But, uh, yeah, I think it should be a good one. For me, I actually don't have a big big game, I guess. I have the Armed Forces Bowl, and that's Southern Miss and Tulane. These two teams used to play for what was called the Battle for the Bell. It was a rivalry game that they played when they both were in Conference USA or Southern Southwest Conference every year. Long story short, this is like the 60th, 34th meeting or something. It's a ridiculous amount of time. And they're playing at a true neutral site. No, no advantage for either team. And it's an opponent. It's, it's a game that should be matched. Both teams kind of are left with, they were left with bad taste in their mouth. Tulane started so strong. I think they were five and one at one point, and they finished six and six. Right. Well, Southern Miss, they had a chance to win the Conference USA. Had a st- stumble to the end of the year. They were seven and five. So these two teams, they're small, but they're they both are good matched and have good defenses, good offenses. I think it's gonna be a battle of who score, who has the ball last, and who's gonna win. So. Um, I like that one. I think it should be a good one. That one's in Fort Worth at the at TCU Stadium, so it should be something interesting to keep in mind. All right, what's a game you're gonna? We know you're gonna. We're gonna be watching the conference, the playoff semifinals. What is a game you're definitely gonna be watching besides those? Um, a game I'm definitely gonna be watching. Um, I would well, obviously the Texas Bowl, just because I'm a just because I'm an Aggie. Um, I'd. Probably the Citrus Bowl for sure, just because it's Bama and Michigan. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you on that front. Bama, Michigan, I mean, Coach Harbaugh versus Coach Saban. I, can you get better than that? I mean, two coaches, that the two of the yeah. most animated coaches in college football on on opposite sidelines for one game. There will be and, a lot of cameras on those two. Oh, you, you for sure, for sure. And I think Alabama is just upset. I think they're, they're going to come out mad, pissed. You know, they're just upset that they – didn't quite finish the season as they wanted to. I just don't – I hope that they don't come in thinking, oh, we're going to win. Because yeah. if they do, Michigan's going to just steamroll. I still actually have this game as a steamroll victory for Alabama. Um, we'll get to my score in a second. Just because I think Michigan's just going to be overmatched. But it could turn into something interesting. Should like I think the hype is there for – on paper, Michigan, Alabama, Thir- fourteen versus thir- thirteen versus twelve. You know, like that's that's the hype on paper, right? But I think it's going to be something where it's like, oh, maybe we didn't want this after all because of what the score, what the game's going to show up. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But that should be a good one. What's the biggest storyline for you in bowl season? What is the big like Ooh, going biggest in- storyline for me? I'll go first. Why you? I'll give you a few. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Um, I've got the Baylor defense against the Georgia defense, uh, Sugar Bowl. Um, both defenses are both defenses are the best in the country. They are 
absolutely dominant. They have there's no reason, no reason for these two teams for this game to end up seven to three or ten to seven. Because both defenses, Georgia's defense hasn't allowed a rushing touchdown, even against LSU, all passing. And uh Baylor, they held Oklahoma to 30 points. Last time I checked, if you can hold a Big 12 opponent to a 30 points, you're doing something right. And I think Baylor has every uh, Baylor has the advantage here. And I mentioned earlier, but Baylor has the advantage here. And I, I, I just I hope it's something exciting. I really hope that we get a 7-10 game, but on the other token, I hope we get something where it's defensive scores too, because right. both 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 are like two of the highest scoring defenses in the country. So we'll see uh, what Matt Rule has up his sleeve, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Again, Baylor is looking for their first New Year's Six Bowl win since 19... I have 1979, because that was the Cotton Bowl that they won, but um, I believe they're looking for their first... Correction, 1956 was the last time. 1979 went to the Cotton Bowl, but they didn't win. 1956 was the last time they won, which was also the Sugar Bowl. So, uh, be interesting. What about you? Um, personally, biggest story, I'll, I think I'll go with the Liberty Bowl with Kansas State and uh, Navy, just because of Navy specifically. Um, I can't remember the last time Navy has been or has cracked the top 25. It's probably it's probably been some time this decade, but it's been a while. I mean, they, though. Let's be they, honest, they, it's been a while. Yeah, um, but they had a fairly good record. They lost to good teams. They beat SMU, which is a fair like, which is I'd say is a very fair win. Um, but I like that. Um, I I like that matchup. Um, I think K State's also a good team. They had a um, I don't I think they had some uh, fairly decent wins as well. Um, it's going to be an interesting game um to watch. Yeah, so Navy, we were just mentioned. You were just mentioning Navy. The last time, so this is only their third 10, fourth 10 win season in since two thousand. Okay, they were the last time they were ranked was in two thousand seventeen, when they were playing for the American Championship, and they okay. were ranked twenty fifth. Okay, this is their highest ranking since two thousand and fifteen when they were ranked. Top 16. Finished 18th. So they have a chance to really, really show that they've, they've improved from that point. And I'm with you. I do think that's going to be a good game. I think Kansas State's new head coach, Coach Kleeman, Kleeman has something that, uh, you know, trying to get to nine wins in his first year, that would just, in FBS football, that would just be incredible. Remember, he was the head coach at North, North Dakota State. Um, and I think that Liberty Bowl, Liberty Bowl committee did a good job choosing that match. I agree. I think Navy could have been to the Armed Forces Bowl or got sent somewhere else, but I think they did a good job in matching because that should be two. That's two teams that you don't usually see. It's two teams that don't usually go to the Liberty Bowl, and it's a perfect time to have a Liberty Bowl matchup that's going to be close. Yeah. And one more question before we get to our big games and all the bowl predictions. Your most exciting bowl game. Bowl name. Correction. Bowl name. Bowl name. Ooh. Um, I would say the... We love all the sponsors. Game. We love all the sponsors out there that, you know, sponsor these random games. Like, we had... This, there's one called the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. <laughs> you know, you have to almost look... Tell yourself, is Ticket Smarter a fake company? A real company? <laughs> 
Um, I love the cheese. Well, you gotta love the cheese at bowl because I love snacks. Um, I'm with you. I have the cheese at bowl as mine. Uh, I, I, and it should be a good one too. Air Force Washington State. Yeah, are- I agree. That's a great game. I feel like Air Force has finally has has gotten back on ma- onto the map. Like, yeah, you're kind of yes, seeing we, them more oftenly now. Well, we knew them as a service academy, so it's not like they went off the map completely. But now a service academy that's good at football. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go Falcons, right? Um, but so you think the Cheez-It Bowls? That's your most exciting. That's all you could come up with. Come on. That's all I could come up with. I know. All right. I'm, I'm disappointing. Well, you know, all of course, all those sponsors are cool that that they do have a play a bowl game. So we thank you for that. Even though we're not benefiting, but we love seeing all the cool names. So, all right, we're gonna get to the games of the of the the five games that are big that we would like to that we'll pick, and one of them will be an upset. Um, because why not? So yeah. Desmond and I both have the same upset uh, watch record. We both got our tra- conference championship games wrong. Desmond's was worse than mine. At least mine went to overtime, and Baylor had a chance to win the football game. Instead, Oklahoma did. Desmond picked Georgia, and he just wants to leave it at that, that he picked Georgia, and they lost by 27, whatever it was, 37 to 10 or something like that. So the first game is the Boca Raton bowl between SMU and the Florida Atlantic Owls. Okay. Whenever you get a chance to go to like a beach destination as a bowl game, you've won. Doesn't matter if you win or <laughs> you've already won. Because Yeah, Boca Raton, Bahamas Bowl, Hawaii Bowl, you automatically win. Exactly. It doesn't matter what happens in the bowl game. You could you could you could get shut out. Doesn't matter. Like the Bahamas Bowl, I'm following the the Charlotte 49ers, their first bowl game ever. They're having a blast. They're like playing beach volleyball on the back. They really you know. are. And, they and they're, really are. And they're giving back to the community. And they're just like walking around in their Hawaiian shorts and Hawaiian shirts. Oh, they're living the like, life there. Exactly. Like it's their first bowl game. They don't know what a bowl game is. <laughs> and they got to go to their Bahamas was their first one. Uh, okay. Uh, good on you, athletic department. Charlotte athletic department. You need to get a raise because if you got <laughs> – Able to get your first bowl game to Bahamas. Congratulations. Okay, back to the Boca Boca game. Uh, two words or three words. Defense is non-existent. Both opponent, both teams have allowed like forty points per game. SNU got into a shootout with a track meet with Memphis, and we saw how that happened. What happened to that? Florida Atlantic barely beat whoever. Uh, you know, in the you know they 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 show they can. Score points. Now, without Lane Kiffin, good question. Um, I don't think that should matter. This game is on Saturday. It's our first bowl game um, that we're picking, like earliest that we're picking here. And I think both teams will get into the 50s. I really do. I've got the – I have the SMU Mustangs coming out on top, winning this one 56-53. to High-scoring game. Dang. And SMU covers. They're a three-point favorite. They would cover. What about you, Desmond? Or, I'm sorry. What about you, what about you Hunter? See, now you got to get used to saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Hunter? Um, I have it a little bit less than that, um, but I do have SMU scoring uh, 41. I got it uh, SMU 41-21. Uh, 
Oh, so wow. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Not as many from Fort Florida Atlantic as you say, but still got SMU on top. They did score forty six in their conference championship game. So, just saying. Next game we're going to talk about. We're going to the other side of the country, to the other sunny beach, the Pacific side, the San Diego beach. For the Holiday Bowl, I'm not going to say the full name because there's too many sponsors or uh, it's too long. It's too long. <laughs> yeah, it's like the San Diego. I'll say it anyway. It's the San Diego Federal Credit or County Credit Union. Something I don't know. Goodness gracious, that's long. Who, who cares? It's USC and Iowa, uh, two ranked teams. It's actually one of the rare ranked on ranked matchups that's not in the New Year's Six Bowl. Um, so it's it's one of those games where you go, oh, maybe it's something I need to pay attention to. Yeah. We know USC has struggled. Clay Helton is going to be on the hot seat no matter what happens in this game. He's already – they already said that he's going to come back next year for 2020. So you got to be looking at what does this mean for the Trojans going forward. And Iowa, they kind of had an up and down. We Usually we see Iowa in like the Outback or the Tampa or the uh, – Citrus Bowl, like something where they're going to Florida instead of going to San Diego. Either way, they're both, you know. So, uh, I actually have Iowa winning. Oh, um, I, I feel like it could go either way. It's kind of a coin flip. Iowa's a two-point favorite, so if that shows you anything. Uh, this one's on Friday, the Friday after Christmas, so the day before the, the semifinal games. So, I have Iowa, Iowa winning by one point, 38-37. Um, I have... I actually have SC in this game, and by um, a larger margin, um, I just think they've had um, – I think they just played and beat better teams like Utah, Stanford, Arizona – or Arizona State, excuse me. Um, I have a 30-14. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think – I don't know. I just have not bought into USC. I don't know why they're ranked, but – Well, I know – I remember we dogged on USC um, versus Utah, and we totally got that wrong. We did, Way but again, the, the last time, again, the last time that USC lost to Utah was before Utah was even in the Pac-12. So, right. Again, it. I feel like that was something we dogged on, but we should have paid attention to what history showed us. I mean, these two teams, USC and Iowa, have played three times prior. You know, it's not very. Really, I don't think history is going to matter here. The only thing I really could see was. Maybe USC getting the advantage because they're closer to the bowl game. I mean, it's a cl- easier trip for L- from LA to San Diego rather than Iowa to San Diego. Either way, should be a good one on Fox. That's one of the non-ESPN bowl games too. So Fox has a good one. Top twenty-five. I feel like a lot of Pac-12 games are on Fox. Even even bowl games, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Fox got a good one. Top twenty-five matchup from San Diego. Can't get better than that. Not even on New Year's Eve either, so you're not competing with anybody. All right, Liberty Bowl. Um, we mentioned it. 23rd ranked Navy and the Kansas State Wildcats. They, uh, they're playing in Memphis on the Liberty Bowl Stadium, AutoZone sponsor. Triple option versus pass heavy, or run heavy, correction. Um, we mentioned the Navy's coming off their fourth 10-win season since 2000. Um, they are. It's their second ever Liberty Bowl appearance. Same thing with Kansas State. Their second ever Liberty Bowl appearance. Kansas State um, 
has their first year head coach who's looking to wrap up his uh, first year in FBS football with the ninth win, and I believe he will. Uh, it's not my upset, but I do believe the Kansas State Wildcats come away with a three-point win over the Navy Midshipmen, 38-35. Um, I agree with you on the prediction. I'd, I think it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd, I'd maybe root for Navy um, to win this game. It'd be cool to see an upset. I don't have an upset. I have a 10-point margin of victory. I got 27-17 Kansas State. Okay. All right. So not an upset, even though Navy is uh, is ranked. Yeah. All right. Keep in mind, one of these five has to be your upset picks. Would you have gone with USC, or you have something else in store here? I got something else in store. All right, all right, all right. And the next game, we talked about it again, Citrus Bowl. In Orlando, Michigan-Bama, Saban-Harbaugh. Uh, Tua won't play. We know that for sure. Uh, he will have to declare for the draft. You know they're going to be asking – the press is going to be asking that question after the game. Um, I feel like Alabama has a lot to prove. Both teams do because the roster is going to look a whole lot different going into 2020. And Saban's starting to get to the point where maybe he retires, question mark? Oh, whoa. Maybe he is going on a downfall. I'm not saying that, oh, one bad season means he's not – you know, one bad season not – resulting in a national championship appearances is going to get him fired. No, of course not. But, you know, it's the first time they've not been in New Year's Six game since 2011. Played Michigan State in the Capital One Bowl, which is funny because this is the same game. The Citrus Bowl, Capital One Bowl, was all it's all the same bowl game. And for me, as I mentioned, I said, we're going to get a, a, a cream, a... a, a, a a huge, huge steamroll victory for the Crimson Tide. Uh, Michigan not going to be able to compete. I got forty-two to fourteen. I, you know, it's funny. That's the exact same score I had, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Literally the exact same score. You were spot on. Yeah, I think I think Alabama will just legitimately outscore. I, I don't think, think there's just even clo- I don't think there's any close anything saying they're gonna oh cream them. Yeah, I mean, we're, all the hype going in, it's going to be exciting. New Year's Day, you know, start the new year off right, you know, New Year's resolutions. Oh, maybe yeah. a New Year's resolution for Coach Harbaugh will be to find a new job, question mark. <laughs> and like, we know, two, we know two is injured, but we we know Mac Jones can hold it down. So I mean, look at the Auburn, look at the Iron Bowl. For crying out loud, they were just, I mean, that was just all offense. Yeah. And again, that's an, on New Year's Day, on at noon on ABC and Alabama is a touchdown favorite. So we went above and beyond. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you, I don't think you can describe that anymore. Yeah. And our fifth game, our fifth game of this little pick before we get to all the bowl games and we just pick them is the sugar bowl, uh, Baylor, Georgia. We mentioned it could be defense against defense and maybe a 10, seven game. Um, I hope it's not, and that's actually what my score prediction. I'm going against what I said, ten to seven. Um, I think, and and this is just for for this is like a straight straight sentence. This is my upset. Um, uh, I bet on Baylor last week or last time, and they lost, um, but they were very close. Matt Rule has is going to have his team ready to go. Georgia, I don't think is going to look motivated, prepared again. And if they do, they're not going to be full strength. Drake Fromm has not shown me anything. Anything to show to tell me that he's the 
third best quarterback in the SEC this year. Um, I do think Charlie Brewer, he left the Big 12 championship game with the concussion, I think is what it ended up being, or concussion protocol. I think he'll be healthy. Supposedly he's good to go now even. So for me, I think the Baylor Bears win their first New Year's Six Bowl game since 1956, but it's not their first bowl New Year's Six Bowl game. They went to the Cotton Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl with Bryce Petty when the days of Baylor football were good before before yeah. before Art Bryles left. So yeah, I've got the Baylor Bears winning 35-24. Ooh, um, I have more of a defensive matchup, like you mentioned earlier. Um, a little bit of a more mo, uh, more low scoring game. I agree with your pick. I got Baylor in this one, 17-13. And is that your upset? Yes, it is. It has to be. I was going to say, you haven't said it yet, and it, <laughs> I knew you weren't going to pick Michigan. If you pick Michigan, you're a ballsy man. And uh, the only reason I would pick Michigan is if I had odds that were out of the wazoo. If it was like 100 to 1 odds. Unless I had intel that was amazing. <laughs> or something like Saban was going to have a stroke two hours before the game. Seriously. I mean, um, yeah, so, so, uh, yeah, so we'll see. Now we're going to talk about the other bowl games here. We'll start with the semifinal games and we'll just work our way down and we'll do as quick as we can. We'll call this, you know, I guess we'll call it a a lightning round. Quick, quick. (laughs) See if, see if if George can't go, if I can't speed it up. First game (laughs) is the Peach Bowl. It's the first semifinal game, Oklahoma and LSU in Atlanta. LSU won in Atlanta two weeks ago when they played Georgia in the SEC championship game. Nothing changes. Maybe score does, but nothing changes. 42-24 LSU. Um, I'm with you on the LSU pick. I'm going with Coach O, the man you can't understand, and the Tigers, 45-21. Yeah, well, Oklahoma extends the Big 12 streak of not winning a playoff game to four or five. All right, the other semifinal. Clemson, Ohio State in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl in Arizona. I think this might be this can be much closer than the last time they met in the playoff when Clemson was able to steamroll uh, Ohio State, and it was actually in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, so, uh, same same venue, same teams, different outcome. For me, I just I can't. I, Desmond and I have talked about this. We've said Clemson. We we have to give Clemson credit, but I'm sorry, they're actually facing a good team, and it'll be the first good team that they faced. It's not an upset. I guess it is because Clemson's a favorite, but Ohio State is the higher-ranked team. I've got the Buckeyes winning this one on a last-minute field goal, 24-21. Interesting. Um, I'm going to take Clemson on this one. Um, I think they've been slept on this entire year, even though they're undefeated. Um, But I think they show Ohio State who's the real boss. I got Clemson 35-28. Wow. And so so Hunter – I said it again. And so, Hunter, if you, you predict LSU Clemson, who wins the national championship if that does happen? I'm taking LSU on this one. I think they're just too complete. So, for me, I actually have Ohio State winning the whole thing. And the Ooh. only reason is because uh, – here's a little tidbit for you. Since the playoff era began, no number one seed or number one team has won the national championship. That seat, That streak will continue this year. LSU is good, but Ohio State's defense is better. Chase Young will dominate Joe Burrow. I'll agree with that, yeah. 
Last time we saw LSU in a national championship game in New Orleans, we know what happened. They didn't even get past the 50-yard line until the fourth quarter. I'll leave it at that and move forward. All right. The, let's go to the New Year's Six games that we haven't talked about. Rose Bowl, Wisconsin-Oregon, top 10 matchup from Pasadena. You know, granddaddy of them all, best best of in you in college football for a bowl game. Um, we had a classic when these two teams played again uh, before. I have almost the same exact score that happened then, 41-38. This time, Oregon wins. Um, you know I'm high on Justin Herbert, and you know I like him. Uh, this is actually going to be my closest margin of victory. I got Oregon 35-34. Wow. Yeah, I don't like Justin Herbert, but I think he's better than Wisconsin. So i got to take Ducks. Cotton Bowl, Memphis, Penn State. Memphis is good. Not going to have their head coach leading them. I think that's the difference. And as much as I want this to be a close one, I think Penn State rules uh, runs away with it late in the game. 45-28, Nittany Lions. I got an upset on this one. I got Memphis um, just because – only only because um, I'm hot. I like Brady White because he's from my hometown. So I got Memphis 45-42. Wow. I mean, we've seen stranger things happen in, in that in the Cotton Bowl, so – you know, who knows? All right, the Orange Bowl. Florida, Virginia, we were talking about it earlier, about it being a blowout. And to back that up, I wasn't kidding. I got Florida winning this one 42-7. Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> I got I got it a little closer, but still pretty, kind of a blowout. I got Florida 31-10. Yeah, I had I think I had 42-10, but I thought there's no way. There's no way they, they're going to – that defense is going to allow two scores. Virginia yeah. can barely – if Virginia allowed 62 points against Clemson, how do you stop – you know, I, I just feel like transitive property, Florida, should get more – get less than 62 points, but you know what I mean? Like, still yeah, – yeah. All right, we'll go we'll, – we'll, I guess we'll do this one here, the Alamo Bowl, Utah, Texas. Again, Utah kind of got a bad consolation prize for losing the Pac-12. They got sent to San Antonio. I just, I, I just don't see how Texas is going to be motivated. Who cares about the Alamo Bowl? It's kind of like who cares about the Texas Bowl, but who cares about the Alamo Bowl? Um, I've got the Utah Utes winning this one, thirty-five to ten. Um, I'm also with you on this one. I got Utah. I got um, a higher, higher scoring game. I got fifty-two forty-five Utah. Oh my gosh! I don't. Even, I mean, I we did talk about how Texas's defense is incompetent, or what the the French call les incompetents. <laughs> Second Home Alone reference. That sounded really good. <laughs> yeah, les incompetents. But uh, you know, regardless, I, I I think it should be Utah should be able to get points easily on that Texas defense. All right, let's stop stalling here. Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, Texas Bowl, and Houston, Texas A&M. The Aggies probably have the advantage location-wise. Oklahoma State also is not far from Houston. You know, still a chance to see a lot of orange and black invade NRG. I just think it's going to be 60-40, maybe 75-30 uh, fans-wise, and so I think that's going to make a difference for me. Chuba Hubbard apparently has been play, is, is expected to play for the Cowboys, as so is Sanders, their quarterback. Justin Matabike, we've already know, heard, is going to be is not going to play in the bowl game. Yep. And so I don't know if that really hurts the defense a lot. 
I just feel like if we did do get in track meet, Oklahoma State will take this one. I don't think that will be the case. I think it will be a little bit more intriguing, and I think AM holds on. I got AM winning this one 40 to 33. But keep in mind that should Chupa Hubbard be able to get 100 yards rushing, Oklahoma State will win the football game. Um, I, I can never go against my eggs on this one. I have a little bit of a lower, um, uh, lower scoring game. I got 28-24. Yeah, I think, I think if, if the Cowboys get 100 yard rushing or more, I think they win. If Spiller is able to get match that, We'll see. Um, I, I'm curious to see. Last time when Aiden played in Texas Bowl, I was also there against Kansas State. And Kansas State, we just could not. We could not do anything on offense. Trevor Knight had, was coming back from his shoulder injury, and we just could not do anything. And I was like, what What? What? What type of What type of offense is this? Like, we're just running awful. I mean, it's just not fun. So I think we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Let's go to the Outback Bowl. You talked about it as your most intriguing, your most favorable matchup when you're looking to – one you're looking to watch. Minnesota, um, obviously 10-win team, first appearance in the Outback Bowl, first appearance in a Florida Bowl, a New Year's, New Year's Day Bowl game in a very long time, if not the first time. Auburn obviously has been here before. I think I think Jitters may get the best of Minnesota in the first quarter, but they battle back. I think we see a comeback victory. I've got the Minnesota Golden Gophers. In 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 true PJ Fleck fashion, row boat, row the boat, sky uba, go Gophers. I got Minnesota <laughs> go to Gophers 38-31. I am agreeing with you on this one. Uh, this is why I, this is why it was my most intriguing game. I have Minnesota thirty eight thirty five. They don't have Kamal Martin, but they still pull away with a with a field goal to win it. Correct. Yeah, I think it'll be a good one. But yeah, I love that that quote that BJ Flex said after the Penn State game. Holly Rowe goes up to him and's like, "How do you feel?" Blah blah blah. And he, it was like he she got one question off, and he finished it with, "Road a boat, sky Uma, go Gophers," and he just walked away. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy has the balls to do that." But yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go, go, uh, go, PJ Fleck. <laughs> All right, we're gonna speed it up a little bit here. Indiana and Tennessee Gator Bowl. Um, I think Indiana is a good team. I like Tennessee, but here's the thing. I feel like Indiana is just going to outscore Tennessee. I, I, I think Tennessee is – they obviously they've won six of their last seven, for crying out loud. They are seven and five. At one point we said, that, are they going to even get bowl eligible? I think it will be a good game. I got Indiana by 10, 37-27. I also agree with you. I get Indiana by seven points, 28-21. Yeah, that would be a good one to watch because it will be sneaky to see if Tennessee is able to get some points on the board. Uh, Mississippi State and Louisville, Music City Bowl in Nashville. These two teams played each other in the Bel- uh, Gator Bowl a few years ago, and Mississippi State was able to win. That was Dak Prescott's last game as a college quarterback. I just don't see Mississippi State winning. I, I, I truly don't. I don't know how they were able to get bowl eligible. I feel like it was because of uh, a, a certain person taking a pee in the end zone. Uh, that allowed them to get ball eligible. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know, so, you know. I think Louisville, S- Scott Satterfield, former Appalachian State head coach, and is maybe having one of the most impressive first years um, that's going unnoticed. I like the Louisville Cardinals 20-14. to 14. Um, I also am taking Louisville. I got them 35-30. Yeah. 
Cardinals, they may be on to something here as we head into 2020. So watch out in the ACC. All right, the Belk Bowl, Virginia Tech, Kentucky. Lynn Bowden is just – he's already declared for the draft. He will play in the bowl game, though. One last time for him to lead his Kentucky Wildcats. Virginia Tech is just coming off, though, a really bad stinger to Virginia. I think they bounce back. I liked Virginia Tech Hokies 28-24 to in the rainy, rainy mud game. I am also with you on that. I got Virginia Tech 28-14. Uh, Florida State, Arizona State, and Sun Bowl. Tony the Tiger is your lead sponsor. And you know, I think what they should force the winning MVP to say, we're great. <laughs> uh, bad pun there. but um, And I think it will be, or the winning coach. And I think Herm Edwards, I can't wait to hear him say that out of his mouth because I think they're going to beat Florida State. I like the Sun Devils by 7, 27 to 20. Oh, I got a w- w- very large um, margin of victory. If you thought Bama, Michigan was bad, I mean, this is not as bad, but still bad. Uh, no Cam Acres for Florida State or Arizona State, thirty-five to seven for me. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I okay. think Florida State's getting creamed. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, we've seen we've seen Florida State choking bowl games before. <clears throat> so keep moving forward here, Notre Dame. In Iowa State in the camping world. Um, this game should be a good one. Um, yeah. I think Notre Dame is kind of getting going unnoticed here at the end of the season, especially after they lost to Michigan halfway through, and it kind of just, you know, they won the rest of their games, but when you lose on national TV and get, like, a touchdown, yeah, you know, you know you're, you're, you're going to get roasted on social media and, and everything else. And that's why. I believe Campbell, Coach Campbell, Scott or Chris Campbell, Scott Campbell, whatever the coach at Iowa State is, I think he's onto something. I think next year will be the year that he competes in the Big 12. I like the Iowa State Cyclones to take this Ooh. one, 28 to 20. Maybe an upset, maybe not. You name it. I'd say it's an upset. Um, I have Notre Dame in this game, 38 uh, 24. Yeah, I think it'll be a good one. I think. Uh, Playing somewhere away from campus definitely benefits Iowa State. All right, Independence Bowl, Louisiana Tech, Miami, Florida. Um, two words, Louisiana Tech. They're just, be- they're just better. They're just better. By 17, 37 to 20. I'm going to take Miami on this one. Uh, with Also, this is this is tied with um, Oregon, the, the Rose Bowl game with my closest margin of victory, um, 17-16. Just because my best friend from high school would kill me if I didn't pick Miami. Well, you know, I don't have any relation to Louisiana Tech or Miami. I just think Miami's awful. I don't have any confidence in them winning a football game. All right, we're going to go to the Red Box Bowl because why not? Um, These two teams better better have, uh, have, I guess, rent deposits. It's a Red red Box Bowl, right? Rent deposits on their offense because this is going to be a defensive-minded game. The over-under better be set at, like, 20 or something. Yeah. Because I don't think it even gets to that. I think Illinois, Lovey Smith, bearded man, wins in a game that people, maybe half the people watching. For that matter, it's going to be so less watched 
that the replay of that game is going to end up at red box stations. <laughs> I've got the <laughs> that was bad. I got the the fighting Alliance nine beating Cal ten to seven. Um, I got Cal actually in this one, um, twenty eight fourteen. I disagree with the score, but okay. Um, all right, <laughs> military bowl in uh, Annapolis, Maryland, where Navy plays. UNC and Temple. Mac Brown is on to something. As much as I need to say, twenty-three fourteen Tar Heels win. Also agree with you. Got Tar Heels in this one, twenty-eight twenty. Interesting. All right, pinstripe bowl. Michigan State, Wake Forest. Wake Forest had a rough end. Michigan State. I wouldn't put my life on them. I wouldn't put my life on betting on them at all. Um, I think this is the one shutout of the bowl season. I have Whoa. Wake Forest. I have Wake Forest winning twenty to nothing. Whoa, interesting. Not what I had at all. I got Michigan State in this one, beating Wake Forest. I think they're overrated. Uh, Michigan State thirty twenty four. Um, I just want to tell you, Wake. Go look at Wake Forest's defense. They're solid. Even against Clemson, they're solid. They had like two picks, so yeah, or a pick or something and fumble. So overrated, you could say, but who cares? They're not ranked. Doesn't matter. Um, I guess so. Cheese, all right, Cheese It Bowl, the one game that we both were talking about. The cool name, um, Air Force and Washington State. You get the the on the ground based offense against Air Raid. I think even triple option is what they're running these days with Air Force. It like depends, you know. Uh, I don't know. I honestly, I went back and forth on this just because of the way that an air raid or who who would have the advantage offensively. And personally, I think the triple option does. And seeing my high school run it for three years, I can tell you it works if you run it efficiently and properly. I like Air Force to win this one by four. But keep in mind, it will be close, 24 to 20. Interesting. Um, I actually have a this. I think pretty sure this is my um, high scoring um, game. Um, I'm with you on that. Go Falcons. Air Force 58-48. Oh my gosh! More than the Texas. Uh, more than the Alamo Bowl. Good more grief. than the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. All right. Let's go to let's go to the Cure Bowl. Liberty and Georgia Southern. Liberty's in their first ever bowl game. I just don't. I I think they're kind of cool. The Liberty Flames. When your mascot is a thing of fire, I don't think you need more convincing me. I got Liberty winning this one. This is my closest game, twenty-seven to twenty-six. Sorry, which game, which bowl was this? Uh, the Cure Bowl, Liberty Georgia Southern. Cure Bowl, thank you. Um, I actually have. I'm going to take Georgia Southern on this one. I got Georgia Southern thirty-seven twenty-eight. You think? Uh, you think uh, first first bowl jitters is going to go to uh, Liberty? I guess so. Maybe. All right, let's talk uh, – how about, how about a game that's probably pretty close to where you are? Instead of being on the Big Island, it's on Oahu, on the island of Oahu in Honolulu as the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, the coolest mascot name in yeah. college football, um, take on the BYU Cougars. This game should be close. Christmas Eve, it's always on Christmas Eve, and you know what? I'm okay with it because it allows you to converse with family but also get your sports fix. So, you know – it's kind of a, a, a early Christmas present from Santa saying, oh, oh, oh enjoy your football, Merry Christmas. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I, I got the, the Rainbow Warriors winning this one, 27 to 23. But you know, BYU might get the win. 
you know, we were wrong last year and Desmond showed us up. But I got Christmas magic on this one. Rainbow Warriors 48-41. This is our year. <laughs> yeah, you know, I picked them as my upset one week and they really disappointed me. So it took a lot of guts to pick them, but I it guess took a lot of, yep. maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll surprise me a little bit. All right. Armed Forces Bowl, Southern Miss Tulane. Battle of the Bell or whatever they call it. It's going to come down to a game-winning field goal. And Tulane is the one that gets the game-winning field goal. I got the Green Wave winning this one 44-41. Um, I also got um, – I'm running with the Waves on this one. I got Tulane 42-24. Wow, big win there. All right. We, we, we talked about the Bahamas Bowl and saying it's a nice place to spend your bowl – your bowl uh, – preparations so buffalo and charlotte charlotte's in their first bowl game buffalo has been the bahamas bowl i think before this game we've had a lot of time to think about because it was the first bowl game announced so they can get passports and everything who you got i'll go with you first i'm going to take um charlotte on this one i think they embrace the atmosphere and get it done 48 35 i don't have that high of scoring but i do have charlotte winning the football game i have it uh, almost same margin of victory, 26-10. So could be a good one. All right, Las Vegas Bowl. Boise State, Washington. Chris Peterson's last game as the Washington head coach before he retires and steps down. He faces his previous coaching job where he took Boise State to prominence. Of course, he was the head coach in that famous Boise State-Oklahoma Fiesta Bowl with the Statue of Liberty. I think... Unfortunately, he can't go out with a bang. I think Boise State's just better. I don't like Jacob Eason. I don't think he's a quarterback to rely on. I like the Boise State Broncos by 14, 31-17. I agree with you on every statement. Um, but I had my score is different, but I do have Boise State 31-27. Okay. So same amount of points, just more from Washington. All right. The Gasparilla Bulls. This one's in Tampa. The Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Um, the Bad Boy Mowers used to sponsor the Gasparilla Bowl when it was played at St. Petersburg in the Rays Stadium, which was ironic because it's fake turf, and you have a mowing company sponsoring a bowl game in fake turf. Now it's at the now it's at the Bucks Stadium, so they don't with real grass, so they use Bad Boy Mowers. Long story short, UCF and Marshall. We're used to seeing UCF in a New Year's Six game. I don't think, I don't think they're going to be even show up to play. I, I feel like UCF is just kind of, eh, really, eh, who cares? You know, that's kind of what I received from UC, UCF. Now, they're not top ten. Who cares? I got Marshall winning. I think Marshall has had this season. I ha- has had this season that's like um, been very surprising. They were very close to getting to the. Um, Conference USA Championship game, but I think they redeemed themselves. 38-27, they win. I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I, I'm surprised about your pick, but I think UCF's going to show Marshall who's boss. 55-28 for me. Oh my goodness. Wow. All right. Wyoming, Georgia State. Small school for me. Uh, my second year in a row, my small school has gotten to a bowl game. Go me. Georgia State's been decent. Wyoming also has been decent. They didn't finish the season strong, but I think Wyoming gets it done in the Arizona Bowl. 31-21. Uh, I agree with you. I got Wyoming in this one, 
Yeah, I think Georgia State's just not good. All right, we're gonna go to the New Orleans Bowl, and then we'll finish with the Birmingham. And notice we didn't call, we didn't name, we didn't. Uh, we're not picking all the bowl games, just the ones that are intriguing, because nobody really wants us here to pick Ohio and uh, or Pittsburgh and Eastern Michigan. Of course, we're gonna pick Pittsburgh. Come on. All right, New Orleans, App State, and UAB. App State gets a. I don't know if it's a great prize for winning the Sun Belt. Um, you get to go to New Orleans before Christmas. <sighs> and sometimes I question myself as to why these top ten, these top teams go to bad bowl games. Either way, UAB is going to be sad that they showed up. 35-17, UA, uh, 35-17 App State wins. Interesting. Um, but I agree with you. Um, App State's going to show them who's boss. Forty-two-seven. Oh my goodness. Okay, forty. Okay, okay. I was giving I'll, I was giving UAB the benefit of the doubt, but good grief. Heck no. UAB is going to get smacked. All right, and then the CS final bowl game we're picking: Birmingham Bowl. Twenty-first ranked Cincinnati takes on the Boston College Eagles. First off, I almost forgot that Boston College had a football team <laughs> that was relevant enough to get to a bowl game. So I don't think there needs to be much said. Cincinnati doesn't really get a great running up, runner, uh, prize for running up or getting the American Conference runners up, but they do get a nice prize in the form of a 21-point victory. 31-10 to Cincinnati. Um, I believe I also have a 21-point victory, but my score is a little different. I got Cincy 35-24. Oh, no, uh, that's a 7. That would... That's a that's an 11-point victory. My yeah, bad. I was going to say, it's not My 20... math is off today. <laughs> eh, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> I hope you're not taking math anytime soon, because that would be very sad. Shoot, I'm taking it next semester. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-oh. Well, that's going to do it for our bowl picks, but... Again, as I mentioned, the the Arizona Bowl with Wyoming and Georgia State should be a good way to finish the season and put my fandom aside. I don't think they're going to continue into 2020. Sorry, Wyoming. It was fun while it lasted, but right as I jumped on the bandwagon, you started losing, and I just don't know. don't know what happened. You kept it close against Boise State, and I thought you had a chance to win the Mountain West, and then you just pooped your pants and didn't do anything in the last three weeks of the season. Well, that's about it. Um, sad that Desmond wasn't able to get his picks to us, but hopefully we will get those and we'll update you on our next podcast episode with how well he did with the Bulls. And uh, because he still is part of the fifth quarter podcast and, you know, he just can't be here this week. So signing off for the fifth quarter, wish you a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Bon Noel, whatever you celebrate in your or wherever you may be, a very happy holidays and Merry Christmas. We'll see you in the new year 2020 as we some as we close our final episode of 2019. Thanks for listening. And for all of us fifth quarter, I'm George Koff in, in Houston. I almost said call station in Houston. And for my guest co-host, he's Hunter Prabhu in Hunter uh in Hawaii. Oh, there you go. Sorry, so long, happy holidays and uh, You've been listening to the Fifth Quarter Podcast. Take care.